from 10 and 1 to losing 6 out of the last 7 games often in embarrassing fashion that's the story of the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles the collapse let's talk about the next on Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, and sayonara to the 2023 season as our Eagles continue their implode, implosion, collapse, whatever you want to talk and call it. I mean, part of me just doesn't know what more to say about it in a sense because I saw it coming. You that have been here for a while, whether you were killing me because you thought it was too negative or you agreed with me because you saw the same things I was talking about, whatever the case, the Eagles go out in another whimper. No fight, no heart, more sloppy football, everything that we've been seeing for the last two months. Pretty much. Right on full display again on national TV. Just a complete and total and utter embarrassment. And what was such a promising start, 10 and 1 to the season. And I called it a facade a month ago on this program. And I don't even know if you can call it a facade. It might have to come up with a different word. Just uh, another pitiful performance. I'm not going to spend the entire podcast right now complaining or destroying the team because, again, it's, it's stuff that I've been talking about and pointing at. And just never got better. Never got a bit better. If anything, got worse. So that's when you have to kind of take a step back. And obviously you got to figure out what the problems were. And then you got to wonder why the coaching wasn't able to fix any of them. Not even one of them. The same problems that they were having pretty much all season, season, even in the wins. They never fixed. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Now, taking even a further step back, in my preseason podcast, and something I've talked about before throughout the year, is that my biggest concern headed into the season was the fact that the Eagles lost both their head uh, offensive coordinator and their head defensive coordinator which I got to look it up because I've talked about it and I still have not actually looked it up. I don't think it's ever happened. And if it has, it's maybe this is the second time it's ever happened. You know, it's just super rare is my point. If not a first that a team has lost both their offense and defensive coordinator the same year. But that was my concern. I didn't know if the Eagles would be able to recover from that. Now, what's ironic about it is you would think that and if that was the case and it was a major problem in transitioning, that the Eagles would have had like a reverse issue with the season where they started off one and six and then improved during the year because obviously the coaching staff and the defenses were going to get more aligned and, and fix the issues that they were having from a slow start with all the changes. But that, you know, that's why it's so, so weird to find out 
and figure out exactly what the problem is because the Eagles got off to a 10 and one start with a new head, uh, you know, offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator. And then imploded after that on both sides of the ball. I mean, really, they never really got going offensively. This type of talent they have in this offense, it always seemed like they had, it was like just such an effort to score all season long. Just painful to watch this offense try to move the ball. And then defensively, played well enough to win through the first 11 games. Although they did lose to the Jets, and that should have been a huge red flag losing that team. Now, in hindsight, can't lose to the Jets. And then defensively, they just second half of the season couldn't stop anybody. Anyone. Eagles lose 32 to 9. Now, you guys know I'm not surprised they lost. I predicted they would lose. In fact, three weeks ago, I said the Eagles would lose in the first round of playoffs. So, not surprised at all. And I tried to forewarn you as the audience that this was coming. Now, you could always say that I'm, you know, just being too negative. I get that. I didn't want to be negative. I hate rooting, not rooting. I hate picking against the Eagles or feeling this way about my team. That I've bleed green, that I dedicate time to put into this podcast, that I blood, sweat, and tears for 40-something years. But that's part of being a fan. Team's not always going to win. And, you know, you got to deal with the tough times. And, you know, dealing with the tough times is what make the great times all the more sweeter, you know. And I've seen one Super Bowl championship and my entire lifetime, which is 50 years now. So it's not easy to be an Eagles fan. We've had a lot of great years, though, for the last 20 years. You know, this team has pretty much won a lot of games. Fell short in two Super Bowls. Could easily won all three. They did win the, you know, the one in the middle. They could have won that one back in 04 against the Patriots. They only lost by a field goal. And obviously last year lost on a very questionable penalty. Only because, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty, but they didn't call that the entire game. They decided to call it that late, that's late in the game. That's the issue I have with that call. And then the Hurts turnover in the beginning of the game that uh, – was recovered by Kansas City to score a touchdown, an easy walk-in touchdown that was given seven points. That was the difference in the game. And this year, we had hopes again, 10-1. and one. I mean, we were kind of having Super Bowl thoughts again, weren't we? I mean, there wasn't a team in the league that the we thought the Eagles couldn't beat. And then came the 49ers, who beat us into a pulp, getting redemption back from last year. In our house, we had no fight, and they killed us. And then the Cowboys beat us up badly at their house. And the Eagles never recovered. The only game that they won from that point forward was against a backup quarterback, a backup to a backup quarterback, the third stringer of the New York Giants. And we had to hold on to the last play of the game to win that one. Which is why I was really surprised that there was so much. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan. I'm just, I'm just one that, I don't know, maybe it's because I've, you know, I'm older, I've been watching Eagles for a long time and I just don't have the rose-colored, or in our case, Eagles-colored goggles on? Or drinking the Eagles Kool-Aid? I am an optimist overall. I like to think positive. But when I've seen enough, when my eyes are telling me over and over and over again that this team is not good, in fact, they're a bad team. They're bad. 
the Eagles going to be some of the worst teams in the league this year at the end of the season. I don't know what happened. Beginning of the season, different story. But the last half of the season, this team is bad. One of the worst teams in the NFL. They are. That is the reality. They're more closer to a 1-6 team than a 10-1 team. That should be clear to everybody at this point. Even the eternal optimist. You know, so I know that I sacrifice maybe losing some of my listeners because I'm maybe too negative. But I'm really just trying to give you what I'm thinking. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat or tell you something that I'm not truly feeling. I I have had bad vibes about this team for um, over a month. And on my podcast, several podcasts ago, I said the Eagles would be one and done and lose the first game around the playoffs. So it's just I had, I had seen enough a month ago to make that prediction. One that I hated making and one that I, of course, hoped that I'd, I'd be wrong about. But I saw too much. I've seen enough, and I was – Willing to make that call as much as it hurt. It pains me to say some of these things. But, you know, I'm here to share my my thoughts on this podcast as a diehard fan and let you know what I'm thinking. And I think in times like this, even though I may have, you know, ticked some of you off by being so negative, that maybe now you see where I was coming from. You know, maybe you just weren't able to see it in time, but you see it now. That's very possible. Um, you know, like I said, I, I hate picking against the Eagles. I hated the fact, more than anything, that for this game, I couldn't even get up for it. I couldn't. I, I just knew it was coming. I just was like, I just was waiting for, waiting for the loss, waiting to watch a loss tonight. That's how I felt all week. I, I had no juice for this game. First time ever in my entire life have I been so unexcited, unjacked up, pumped up, whatever you want to say, for a play Eagles playoff game. It was a sickening feeling for me. And the Eagles didn't let me down. They played exactly how I expected them to play tonight. Like crap. So, we're all hurting. And I don't know, I guess the next thing we got to talk about is what's going to come of this. I think at the very least, minimal. You're firing the defensive coordinator. You're firing the offensive coordinator. You're firing basically every single coach in this team except for maybe two. Well, three if you include Sirianni. And I, there was a point in the game where I thought he should be fired. Probably by halftime, I, I thought, you know, fire Sirianni. I have to, I got to take a step back with that, though. I I, I really blame him a lot because he's not been able to get this team off the, not even just off the deck. I, I mean, if you lose a close game that you fight and battle with, then, then that's fine. You can't expect to win every game. But when your team shows no fight and keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over again, that's when you have to start thinking about firing a head coach. You have to. And that's what happened the whole second half of the year. I mean, Sirianni wasn't able to fix a thing. In fact, the only big decision he made completely backfired. If it was his decision, I still think it came from the front office. But, you know, he says that it was him that made the decision. So we'll, if we take his word for it, then that was a huge mistake. So the only big decision that we know of that he made 
backfired immensely, replacing Desai with Patricia as defensive coordinator. They went from bad defense to the worst in the NFL defense. Who couldn't stop anybody tonight? More missed tackles. I mean, the worst missed tackles I think I've seen. Like I said, it keeps getting worse, not better, not improved. All this time to try to fix it and address it, and you get worse as the season goes on. I mean, that yeah, this is a playoff game, and you guys could tackle in like a bunch of four year olds running into each other. And even I mean, what is going on with this defense? I know there's injuries back there, and that doesn't help. But just looking all out of sorts, everybody's wide open. And here's the thing. As blown out as the Eagles were, keep this in mind. The Buccaneers dropped six passes in the first half of guys wide open. Mike Evans is going to the Hall of Fame. He dropped a walk-in touchdown. The tight end dropped some easy touchdowns. You know, one of them, I think, was, yeah, one of them was a touchdown. And he, you know, he dropped another uh, one or two passes where he was wide open. And Evans had another, uh, at least one other drop. I mean, they should have got blown out by the first half. Again, completely non competitive. It really is just. Mind-boggling how bad this team is. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And you may be saying to yourself, ah, come on, I'm just overreacting. No, 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 no. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Absolutely they are. They couldn't stop a hideously terrible offense at home with everything on the line against the Cardinals. Couldn't stop the entire game. They didn't even have to punt. And you had a 17-3 lead against them and you lost. That is horrible football. I don't even really count the Giants game because to me, again, I would have treated that game as a scrimmage. But no, the Eagles had to be stupid, as we know, and I've talked about at length for several podcasts in a row. Starting, Deciding to start their starters in that game was just beyond stupid. But here's the thing. I don't think the Eagles would have beat Tampa tonight if they were at full strength. So I don't really think at the end of the day if it even matters if they had A.J. Brown tonight and Blankenship tonight and Sidney Brown tonight. And a healthy, you know, without a broken, you know, or dislocated finger, Jalen Hurts. I think they still would have lost. There's, uh, there's major issues going on with this team. I've been talking about it because I don't know exactly what they are. But something, and we'll probably get some answers here. Now that the season's over, we'll start hearing some things that cause this internal implosion. Outside of just the fact that they have bad coaching. Oh, I was going to say, the coaches that uh, should return are the special teams coach, Stoughton, of course, the offensive line coach. And right now I'm not willing to fire Sirianni, but he's he is on thin glass with me. I mean, if, if Larry decides to fire him, I'm not going to go crazy about it, thinking he shouldn't make that decision. I think that, I think that Larry could definitely make that move. I don't think he will. I think that Sirianni probably bought himself one more year. I don't know if Lurie's going to make that much of a rash decision, but there will be major changes. Major changes. But Sirianni will probably still be here. But I don't know. Lurie may come out tomorrow and fire him. He's, he could do it, and, and I think it's justified if he does. There's enough here where he could not get this team turned around at all. And it's not like he was losing. Here's the thing. It's not like he wasn't able to get this team turned around and get a win or to play well against, you know, good, tough teams towards the end of the year. He had the easiest schedule in the NFL the last month of the year, and he couldn't get a win. 
And a lot of them were just embarrassing losses that you think would get them to wake up. And then they go into the playoffs and get blown out again. Just unbelievable. The play counting, that's the other thing. It's not even just the tackling. The play calling, and if Sirianni wants to call it his offense, then okay, the onus is on you, Sirianni. Your offense sucks. It is horrible. It is easy to figure out. These defenses know the plays as you're calling them. Because you have such a simple vanilla offense. You do the same thing over and over again. How many screen passes are we going to throw in a game? At the worst possible times? That go nowhere? And you keep calling them? Or if Johnson's calling them, but... I mean, you're in his ear. You can override them. The screen... I mean, how many screen passes? He quit running the ball, too. Swift had four carries in the first half. And what did I say was one of the keys to the game? Running the ball. Why? Not so much that they may be able to run it well. I mean, Tampa is a pretty good run defense. But you have to at least have a balanced offense. Plus, Jalen is terrible against the Blitz. We'll get into more about Jalen later. And you don't want, when you have a crappy as defense as the Eagles have, you've got to have the other team not on the field. How do you do that? By ball control. Time management. Run the ball. Well, and I said to you, right, when I was giving these keys to the game, I laugh now because I actually listened to pre- my pregame podcast that I uh, gave earlier this week for the Tampa game this morning just to kind of just get through my brain what I what I had said prior to the game. And, and I laughed because when the keys of the game, I said, here are the keys to the game, run the ball. But I didn't think the Eagles would be smart enough to run, keep running the ball. Well, <laughs> to run off the bat, they weren't smart enough. It's not like they even stopped in the second half. He only ran it four times in the first half. And that's what I said. Here's the key to the game, but I don't think the Eagles are smart enough to do it. Nope. I, I don't know, man. It's just... It's just embarrassing. This team embarrassed us. We should all take this and be angry. I could have came on, hit record button, and just yelled and screamed and vented. I wasn't going to do that because I saw this coming, number one. This this loss didn't surprise me. And he got all amped up and juiced thinking the Eagles were going to win and, get, and, and therefore get all pissed because they played so badly. I expected them to play bad. That's the cards they've been showing for the last second half of the year. It's a bad football team. Bad football team. So I was mentally prepared for this loss three weeks ago. Bradbury. Where do I start with him? He just doesn't belong on the field anymore. I like the guy. He's a stand-up guy. But, man, between the hold that cost us the, I mean, just because it was called, I understand why he did it. And he not like it was a blatant hold, especially when the pass wasn't catchable. But then in Super Bowl, that you know, the big play that Red Warriors called for a pass interference. You know, I thought the Eagle fans unfairly jumped on him, especially when he was stood up and said, you know, what, took full responsibility for it. But it sounds like that play, or seems like that play now, just absolutely mentally crushed him because he played horrible all season long. He was a shell of himself. This is a guy who made first-team All-Pro or second-team All-Pro last season. I mean, he, he couldn't cover anybody this year. Couldn't tackle anybody tonight. I mean, what the heck was he just tackling? Ghosts? Whiffing? I mean, horrible, horrible tackling. And he gets smoked otherwise. So he's just been a complete liability. And the Eagles apparently have something like $17 million as a cap hit. 
for Bradbury. I mean, you can't play that guy next year. In fact, here's another thing about Sirianni. These are coaches that I played for when I was playing football back in high school and younger than that. You know, I, if you if I played a game or if anybody on my team played that crappy, he's yanked out of the game. And I lost some respect here for Sirianni. You have a guy that's playing that shitty during the game, getting absolutely burnt like toast, and then more importantly even than that, only because it's an effort situation with tackling. Not being able to tackle guys? You yank his ass out of the game. Sits the bench, and you put somebody else in. I don't care if you don't think he's even as good. Put somebody out there you know at least freaking tackle. And so that's the type of coach I want Sirianni to be. That's why I'm not a big fan. I mean, I like Sirianni beginning of the season. And I thought what he's done here is really, really good. But he is he's dropped quite a bit. Like he's on thin glass with me. And I mentioned that last podcast. But he is on I said thin ice. Thin ice. He's on thin ice with me. And like I said, if Lurie decides to fire him, I'm okay with it. If he decides to keep him, I'm okay with that too. But there's going to be some major changes. There has to be. It has to be. You can't have a season like this and not make major, major changes internally. And we'll see what those are going to be. But the play calling is just horrible too. The play calling is awful on this team. Never improved. It seems like they're playing. They're calling the same plays they played called last year. Where's the adjustments? No adjustments. No even change. Like it doesn't even seem that they game plan at all. It's the same calls every week. Stupid screen sh- uh, passes to the to the uh, quick outs that go nowhere. Running the ball, same running plays, and occasionally take shots downfield. Otherwise, Jalen's just running out of the pocket to the right and trying to make play Houdini. That's all the Eagles do. That's their offense. No creativity whatsoever. So predictable. It's just, what are you guys doing during the week? Coaching's terrible. I think there's a this team got old real quick in a lot of spots. Defensively, especially. Tackling is just no excuse for it. And it wasn't just Bradbury. I know I threw a lot of him, but there, everybody was tackling a crap tonight. No, the tackling was horrible. It was, it was just comical. Didn't look like an NFL professional team out there. Who the hell tackles like that? It's the playoffs. It's the worst tackling you've ever seen. This defense is probably, and I go back many, many years, almost four decades. I don't think I've ever seen a defense on the Eagles worse than this. And I've been through the cold tight years. I don't think I've ever seen an Eagles defense this bad. And they even got a pass rush today somewhat. You know, they were actually getting to, to uh, Mayfield. And they still, he was just picking us apart. And then us trying to tackle their guys. It was just a joke. Jalen Hurts. All of those things that I credited him last season for doing and accomplishing and working towards getting better that I was criticizing him about the previous year. He's right back at the end of this year to where he was his rookie season. He has regressed all the way back. Yes, all the way back to his rookie season in terms of his pocket awareness and presence is abysmal. Running out of the pocket immediately, happy feet to get the heck out of there, seeing ghosts and seeing pressure that's not even there. Terrible. This is stuff they did not do when he corrected last year. Reading defenses, not just one read, but actually reading your second and third read. Gone. 
Doesn't do that anymore. It's one read and that's it for him. That's what he did his rookie season. Where did that Jalen Hurts go from last year? Because now we're paying him $50 million a season. Not on his rookie contract anymore. Now he's a big chunk of our salary cap. We can't afford to have a quarterback that's playing this way. Literally and figuratively. And that, again, gets the coaching. Who's coaching Hurts? I don't even know if I can blame him. Why isn't that being corrected? Now, he deserves it, too. He's got to be seeing it on tape. What the hell is he looking at on tape? And then if he's not seeing it, which he clearly isn't, where's the coaching? To get him straightened out. To show him year-over-year comparisons. Hey, this is what you were doing last year. Why aren't you doing it this year? Turned into a turnover machine? Fumbling it all over the place? Throwing interceptions? And today, this play in the end zone reminded me of Carson Wentz. He has regressed that badly. And I sure as hell hope that we're not back to a Carson Wentz situation where we just paid a boatload to our quarterback and he is a shell of himself. Now, I don't know if he'll ever be mentally as weak as Carson was, but I don't know. What he did in the end zone, you cannot do. You cannot get a safety there. The Eagles were still in the game as piss poor as they were playing. And you cannot get a safety in the end zone. Can't That can't happen. Bad quarterbacking. Period. End of story. Period. He has regressed to a very, very, very concerning level now to me. He's back all the way to where he was his rookie year. And I don't know. Sometimes these quarterbacks don't get it back. Wentz never did. Now, I'm not going to say he's in. He's there yet. I, you know, he'd have to go another whole season of shit football quarterback. And it's been bad. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. You know, Wentz. I mean, sorry, Hertz has made. See how they how, how I just did that Freudian slip. Hertz has made some pretty big plays this year. Not many in the second half of the season. And his arm, he thinks his arm is stronger than it is. I mean, Devontae should have had a touchdown on that 53-yard pass down to the four-yard line. He just doesn't have the arm. Again, as I've said over and over and over again, they always have to wait or stop and slow down and wait for his pass to come down. He just does not have a good arm. Now, fortunately, the Eagles still scored. Goddard got in a couple of plays later, I think, or maybe the next play, scored a touchdown from the four-yard line. But, I mean, you got to be able to throw those, you know, throw your guys open. He doesn't do that. Good quarterbacks throw their guys open. I even saw Stroud the other day, right? I might have mentioned this in my last podcast, but Stroud, he's a rookie. He was throwing his guys open in his first playoff game ever. Pretty sure it was him. It might have been uh, Flacco. Can't remember now. Might have been Flacco. At least Flacco's a... I don't remember what game I was watching now, <laughs> quite honestly. But anyway, one of those two guys. I think it was Flacco now. I think about it, give it more thought. Uh, might have been thought uh, Flacco who just throw the guy open. By the way, nothing against Stroud. That guy's playing great, even if it wasn't him. But it, anyway, Hertz has regressed significantly. I've been saying this for several weeks. And I also put the onus on him in this game. I'm like, you need to carry this team. You need to go in and beat Tampa. You can't lose to Baker Mayfield. 
Now, I know he was without A.J. Brown. He wasn't with all of his weapons. But you know what? You still gotta. You still have to pull this one out somehow. You're the one that's being paid $50 million a year, not Baker Mayfield. And Baker outplayed you by leaps and bounds. Now, our defense sucks. But look at the numbers. Baker threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. You threw for 250 and one touchdown. And you gave them two points in a safety. And they had the, we had to kick it off to him, and a few plays later, they scored a touchdown again. So it was a nine-point swing because of the safety you took. Just bad. Hertz was bad this season. You look at his overall numbers. Oh, he scored 35 touchdowns. Yeah, about 20 of them or half of them, at least half of them, if not more half, more than half. It's got to be more than half, right? Were the push-touch rushing touchdowns. How many touchdown passes did he throw? I'll have those numbers later, but, you know, people just look at the 35. Well, about 15 of them are freaking tush-push one-yard touchdown runs. Hertz, Hertz has got to figure this out. And if we get, we got to get a coach in here that can help him. We can't afford, again, literally or figuratively, to be paying a quarterback $50 million to be an average to below average quarterback. And that's how Hertz has played the second half of the year. Let's be real. Safety was horrible. Just pocket presence is terrible. He needs to work on those things. And if he can't figure it out himself, which apparently he can't, then he needs some coaching. Nobody's coaching this up. He's now a $50 million a year investment on this team, taking up that much cap space so we can't afford these other teams, like uh, these other positions, like linebacker, for example. So we can't have a quarterback playing mediocre. One in six in the last seven games. The only win, again, against the lowly Giants playing their third-string quarterback. That's what I mean. It's be one thing if it was one in six to finish the season and they lost a lot of those games to good teams, but they lost to bad teams. And that's why this has to be scrutinized to the level that it is. They lost to bad teams. It's not like they got in a rut and just lost a couple of competitive games to really tough teams. No, they lost to bad teams. Bottom. Bottom teams in the NFL they lost to. That's why this is super alarming and concerning. That's why. And then when they did play good teams second half of the season, they got their asses kicked. Badly. 49ers got destroyed. Against Dallas, got destroyed. Against Tampa, who's not even nearly as good as those other two, got destroyed. Arizona. They didn't destroy them, but they couldn't stop them. Just bad football team. I don't know how many more times I can emphasize that. Now, the one only positive out of this entire game. There was one positive. Thank you, Devontae Smith. We had one player, one player tonight that showed up. One. Devontae Smith. Guy played his ass off. There's your only thumbs up for the game. Other than Jake Elliott, who's just an automatic. Give some props to Jake. And our punter. When you're two of your three best players are your special teams guys. Doesn't say a lot, does it? Devontae Smith, hell of a game. He's the only one that kept us even in the game. Major major props to number six. Now, the other story within the story is that we could very well have seen the last game 
of three all-time Eagle greats. And Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Jason Kelsey. And that's what makes this even more painful than it already is. So those are three guys that have been pillars on this team. All for over a decade. And by the way, I'll give I'll give props also to Brandon Graham. He was another one that was playing his ass off tonight. He didn't play he doesn't play that much anymore, but it seemed like every time that he was in on a sack or there was a sack uh tonight, it was Brandon Graham either applying the pressure, getting the sack himself, or just, you know, being in on it. So BG, guys all heart. Love the guy. I stuck with BG when a lot of Eagle fans wanted him cut years ago. Not me. I was not one of those fans. I stuck with BG all the way, even through the tough times early in his career when everybody wanted him cut. I was not one of those fans. Now, that was way before Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff, but you have to take my word for it. Love BG. Much much love to BG. Fletcher Cox, another guy who, you know, he's probably been their most consistent defensive tackle this whole season. And he played pretty well tonight, too. Fletcher's one of the greatest defensive tackles in the history of the uh of the Eagles. And one of the best in NFL history. He's got a shot at the at the Hall of Fame. You know, he's going to be, I don't know if he's first ballot, but I think eventually he may get in. He does have a, a ring. He's been multiple-time pro bowler. He's been all, I, 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 don't, I don't know how many times he's been all pro and second all pro or whatever, but certainly one of the better defensive tackles in the last uh, 15 years in the NFL. You know, is he as down as Aaron Donald? No. You know, Donald to get in before him. But Fletcher, amazing career regardless if he's a Hall of Famer or not. He's one of the all-timers for this team. So, not sure if he'll be. Now he may be one out of the three. He might be the most likely one to potentially come back. And he'll have to take a substantial pay cut if he does choose to come back. Or he may decide to... Try to win another ring with someone else. I don't because right now coming off this season, I mean the Eagles do not have Super Bowl aspirations for next year. That's for sure. So a guy like Fletcher may want to go and see if he can chase a ring with someone else. And if he does, then you know, I guess we hope as long as it's not with the Cowboys or the Giants or the Patriots, I'm okay with him going to chase a ring with someone else. Same with Brandon Graham. You know, Graham's a guy that, you know, he may take a mo- even more significant pay cut. He did this year just come back and sign another one-year contract. He took a pay cut. He'd have to take another one. Um, do I see him potentially doing that? Yeah, I don't know if he's completely ruled out. But, I mean, how much does he really have left? He was a very much a part-time player this year. Um, I think the... I think outside of him just barely making over the league minimum, I don't think he's coming back. And will he take that much of a pay cut to, to play every, you know, play a very um, limited role like he did this year? Maybe he would be. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, here's the thing with these guys. Why would you want to come back to this? It's not like you just got, you know, beat late in the playoffs and but you were competitive and lost to a good team. No. You've been horrible against all of the worst teams in the league. And then on top of that, you got blown out again on national TV in first round of playoffs. So that's the thing. It's not like, what's the pull for these guys to come back to the Eagles? There isn't any other than just loyalty. But these guys are looking at the last year of their career and wanting to get a championship. And it's not going to happen here. I mean... I shouldn't say that. I mean, if the Eagles could really have a really great offseason, 
get younger on defense, bring in some good free agents, draft really well. You know, they have a lot of talent on this team still, but you know what I'm saying, though? It's not like this season ended good at all. So do they come back for this, which is looking more like a rebuild, especially defensively? I don't know. And Kelsey, out of all three of them, Kelsey's the one that looked like he's done. They showed him on television. He was crying on the sideline, visibly weeping. Um, definitely looked like he had a conversation with Stoutland at the end that he might have been saying, you know, this is my last game and thank you. You know, something along those lines. I don't want to say exactly what he said because, you know, I'm not a lip reader, but definitely looked like they had a, well, they did. They definitely had some quick conversation there as they hugged each other. And between that and seeing him visibly weeping on the sideline, I, I think Jason uh, Kelsey is probably retiring. Or maybe he will also chase a ring somewhere else. I don't know. But it looks like he's his last game with the Eagles. But we'll see. Maybe he'll have a change of heart. It looks like his decision was made on the field just by obviously looking at the body language and the fact that he was crying. So, you know, that's 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 just something that we also saw coming as a potential potentially happening this year. I don't think that's that's going to catch anybody by surprise, but it just sucks to see him go out this way with this type of pathetic performance. And again, you know, as bad as this game was, it could have been a lot worse. Tampa was dropping wide open passes throughout the entire first half of this game. Devontae Swift also ran the ball pretty well, so if I was going to give somebody another honorable mention, it would be him. But then he gave him the ball enough again, of course, because again, the coaching comes into question. And where's the physical play? You know, I have to mention this. I'm not sure if I did on the previous podcast or not. But, you know, I'm, I've been watching this team all year. And I haven't watched a lot of other football games like I typically do. I usually watch other games more than I did this season. Certainly watch the Eagles close. and I mean, obviously I tap into other games. But really didn't watch any other games all the way through that much this year as I normally do. And I'm watching, obviously, I'm getting used. So basically what I'm saying is my scope has, has been pretty much just mostly Eagles, just watching their games live, right? And a couple of weeks ago it was, I think it was, yeah, it was the 49ers-Ravens game. And I was watching that, and it it kind of, like, when I was watching at the time, I, as much as I was like, man, Baltimore's defense looks really, really good. You know, they were swarming in the field and hitting hard and all this kind of thing. And then it dawned on me later when I was thinking, that's how defense is supposed to be played. That's why it might even look normal. That might have been just like been a normal game and nothing really outstanding that Baltimore was doing. They were just playing football and defense the way you're supposed to. That's how bad the Eagles looked all year. Not playing physical. The tackling's been horrible. So I don't even know if Baltimore is necessarily doing anything like I'm saying, like, incredibly or just, you know, incredibly well. But, it well, it came off the page, literally, or I should say screen as I'm watching it. Like, wow, look at these guys swarm and tackle. I haven't seen it all year from my team. Certainly not tonight. My God. Just embarrassing watching them tackle. Embarrassing. This is supposed to be a professional football team. Here's the other thing, blitz pickups. Where is the offensive play calling to pick up blitzes? Where is your game plan this week, Sirianni, to give Hurts some outs against the blitz? Against the team you know blitzes more than any team in the league and against the Giants last week, who also blitz a lot, where they had no answer for it either. How do you not make any adjustments? If you didn't do it last week and go into a game that you know this week in the playoffs where this team blitzes even more and you still have no answers 
for Hertz to, to get rid of the ball to, except for a stupid screen? Just terrible coaching. And again, Sirianni, if you want to call this your offense, then you know what? It's on you. And maybe you shouldn't be here anymore. Because that's pathetic. There's no excuse. That's inexcusable. Okay? It's beyond pathetic. It's inexcusable. You can't be that bad. And Hurts, it's on him too. Because maybe, maybe there was some outs and he didn't use them. You know, I, I'd have to go back and like watch the, the game again, but he's terrible against the Blitz. So what do you think the game plan is going to be against Hertz when he's putting this on tape? Everybody's watching this game tonight. All they're going to do next year is blitz the hell out of Hertz. Until you find some answers. till he has some answers. So get ready for that. That's what's coming. So you can prove... You could stop that or do something effective against it, and it ain't going to stop. If anything, that percentage is going to ramp up even more. So that's got to be fixed. Now, again, getting back to the coaching, right? When you're thinking about to fire Sirianni or not fire Sirianni, and the coaching staff just in general. Now, and again, I don't want to just continue to just put the focus on Sirianni, but he is the head coach. That's why you call them the head coach, because ultimately everything falls under him. But regardless, let's just talk about the coaching staff in general across the board. Name me a player this year. Name me one player that got better. What's a coach's job and number one responsibility? To coach these guys and make them better players. Name me one. I'll ask one more time. Name me one player on this Eagles team that got better this season. I can't name one. You want to say Reed Blankenship? Maybe early on, but then he played terrible the second half of the season. I can't name one. Not one player. You want to say Swift? Well, he wasn't here last year. Name me one player who's better than they were last year. I can't think of one. And that that's also goes to coaching more than maybe anything else that I've said. If you haven't made one player better, then what the hell are you doing? So now we get back to the big headline in future days here. What is Jeffrey Lurie going to do? Is Lurie going to clean house completely and fire Sirianni? He didn't look happy after the game. They were showing him up in the booth. He's not a happy guy right now. You have a very disgruntled, if not pissed off, owner. Never a good spot to be in if you're a head coach. Now, you know how he's untouchable. He just is. He just always is. Now, here's the thing, though. Uh, when Lurie went to the locker room, he wasn't with Howie. And they weren't sitting together either. Now, they typically don't sit together at the game. Sometimes they do, but that's not really something to necessarily read into. But I don't see him, again, because they're just he's so close to Lurie. I don't see him doing anything with Howie. But if he makes some really, really big move and, say, brings in a Belichick, again, just as a total hypothetical, it looks like Belichick's going to Atlanta, but let's just say if he was to do that, then Howie would have to take a bad seat, back seat. And with Lurie, who's a longtime, you know, uh, he's always spoken glowingly about the Patriots, which I can't stand the Patriots, as <laughs> you guys know that. But uh, if you don't, then you know now. Even though I live in Connecticut, it's one reason why I do hate the Patriots. Um, you know, does he make it would how he would have to take a step back because he'd have to. You know, there's no way Bill's going to take a job and not not have uh, you know GM rights or be the GM and coach. That's what he's used to. That's his. That's what he does. So I don't think 
that's going to happen. I don't think Larry would do that. And I really don't think Larry would probably fire Sirianni. I'm just kind of floating it out there because he is definitely justified to do so. And I've laid out the reasons why. As good as his record has been over three years, getting the Super Bowl, when you have a collapse this bad and going on for this long and not being able to fix any part of it, let alone stop it, and just continually get beat and beat and beat and beat in the same areas every single game, that's not good. That doesn't reflect good in a head coach at all. Players got separate responsibility for it too, sure. But it's on the coaching as well, if not more so. Because this team looks lost out there, and they can't tackle on top of it. So that dynamic being at play, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as we head into the offseason. I don't know what's going to mean for this week. I don't know if you know Larry's going to come out tomorrow and fire Sirianni. I don't know. I, I think I would probably be surprised if that happens. But at the same time, if it does happen... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Surprised, maybe, but not shocked. I tend to think that Sirianni's not going to be fired. But I can't wait to hear Jeffrey speak regardless. So, I don't know, Eagle fans. What a, uh, what a promising start to a season. And to have it end this way is just... I can't even think of the word. Disappointing, of course, but it's like beyond that. It's like deeper than that. Because there's some anger in there just because of how, not only because they played so badly, but just the lack of effort and the lack of physicality and the lack of just wanting to play hard. And when I see that, that makes me want to fire the coach. One thing if you're just a bad team, but if you see lack of effort, lack of passion, lack of physicality on top of it, that's that that to me reflects on the coaching even more than anything else. And the X's and O's even. So as you know. Maybe you don't. If you're just tuning in, you can email us at the show. Your thoughts, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com is the uh, email address to uh, communicate with the show and let me know your thoughts. Definitely would like to hear your thoughts about how this season ended and uh, what you guys think would be the fix. You want Sirianni here? You want him fired? I don't know. Definitely need to draft well and, and get and, and and get some youth and defense, uh, defensive skills, in, uh, skilled players in here. You know, namely a linebacker, and we have to get younger corners. Clearly, just a horrible ending to a year. And uh, one that, you know, you guys know I saw coming. I predicted the final would be 27 to 13. Buccaneers. And it was 32 to 9. I wasn't that far off. But thing is, though, Buccaneers could have easily had two more touchdowns than they had. That's just how badly the Eagles were outplayed. Once again. So we'll have plenty more to talk about as we uh, move forward. I will do a uh, podcast before the um, playoffs next week. We'll kind of recap things. We'll be able to hear from uh, from the Eagles. I did see some of the post-game stuff. Nothing really worth mentioning right now. Um Nothing too alarming was said by anybody, um, but uh, we'll we'll be back on in a couple days, few days, and uh, we'll let everything kind of settle and see what happens. And uh, 
you know, I may have a guest on this week too, uh, to help me sift through all this, uh, all this mess. So until then, listen, uh, it's been a great ride through the season. I appreciate you listening. appreciate you coming back and listening to Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. Please remember if you haven't already subscribe and follow, like the program, rate it if you can, depending on what platform you're listening to and all those kind of fun things. We'll be back to talk more about the Eagles uh, later on this week. Until then, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Fly, let's fly. We'll catch you later.